there is no science with more truth than quantum physics. And I said, well, so why is quantum physics so important? You ready? Principle number one, consciousness is creating our life experience. And all of a sudden it says, my God, that's not a new age suggestion. That is the most valid science on the planet. Change your consciousness and you will change your existence on this planet. I am a woman on a mission that is dedicated to teaching you just how powerful your body was built to be. I like to do that by bringing you the latest science, the greatest thought leaders, and applicable steps that help you tap into your own internal healing power. The purpose of this podcast is to give you the power back and help you believe in yourself again. My name is Dr. Mindy Pels, and I want to thank you for spending part of your day with me. I'm so excited to share this episode with you guys. You are in for a mind-blowing treat. So in this episode, I've brought you Dr. Bruce Lipton. He is considered the father of epigenetics. So if you ha- you're not familiar with him, let me give you a little bit of a background about who I interviewed here and why his words will change your life forever. So he is a internationally recognized leader in bridging science and spirit, stem cell biologist, best-selling author of The Biology of Belief, and the recipient of the 2009 Guo Peace Award. He has been a guest speaker on hundreds of TV and radio shows. He's a keynote presenter for national and international conferences. And perhaps the thing that he is the most popular for is his book, The Biology Belief, where he really brought to us this understanding of epigenetics. Now, the way that epigenetics has been really profiled in the most recent years is that our lifestyle will affect our genetic expression. Yet what you're going to hear in this episode is that Bruce will talk about how it is our thoughts that determine our genetic expression. And he's going to do it in a way that is going to appeal to those of you that have a scientific brain and those of you that want to understand more about the application of how we can change our thoughts, how can we change our programming to change our health. We dive into all of that. So I want to kind of give you an idea of how this conversation went. So the beginning part, we talked about the current situation. As many of you know, I I have been searching for answers throughout this whole pandemic that will help us come out of this moment healthier, happier human beings. And he, in the beginning, you're going to hear his opinions on what we can be doing around our immune system and how we can make sure that we rise as a human race to be healthier a year from now, six months from now, two years from now. So that he talks a lot about how we are at this point of possible extinction, human extinction. And this I keep hearing from many of the great minds, and I wanted to understand this deeper and what we could do to not fall into extinction. And so he talks about that. And then we moved into something that really changed the way that I looked at positive thinking, the way that I look at the way I move around the world. And that is this idea that our conscious mind is taking information in, but it's filtering it through our subconscious mind. And our subconscious mind is really predetermined in the first seven years of our life. And it's predetermined around the environment we grew up in. 
So if the environment we grew up in was one that was built around fear and worry, the rest of our life, we will continue to put ourselves in situations of fear and worry. And so he talks about how in this episode about how we can start to change the programming of this subconscious mind. Now, this is pivotal because as a collective human race right now, if we want to come out of this moment a brighter, healthier, more unified human race, then the tips that he gives on how to really tap into that subconscious programming and how to start to change our languaging, how to change our thought patterns so that we can be healthier really are pivotal, not only for your own personal journey and your own personal happiness, but the world needs you right now to rise up to a place where we can have better thoughts about ourselves, we can have better thoughts about our health, we can have better thoughts about the human race. And Dr. Lipton, he will give you the answers that many of you have been searching for. So stay all the way through. The end, it gets incredible, and I'm so excited to bring this episode to you. When you're in the middle of a fast, do you ever hit a wall and then you really start to struggle? Like, I I know this happens to me sometimes. Like, I'm going along, I'm feeling really good, and then bam, all of a sudden I'm out of energy, I'm starving, and it's like my brain is turned off. So check this out. If that's happened to you, there's a really good chance you're running low on minerals. Fasting makes your mitochondria produce more energy. It speeds up fat burning. It helps you make more ketones so your brain is really sharp. But the part of fasting that we don't talk enough about is that those benefits often come at an expense to your body. So you got to look at your body doing the right thing at the right time always. And when you hit that crash, it's a large chance that your body has had to use a ton of minerals to be able to supercharge you in the fasted state. And if your minerals are already low, you can end up depleted. So that is why I love Beam Minerals. They make a full spectrum mineral supplement that is perfect for fasting. It's in a liquid form. It it literally tastes like water. You just have to take a shot halfway through your fast and you can keep going a whole lot longer without the hunger and the fatigue. So if you want to experience this, if you want to try it in your fasting window and see what kind of results you get, just go on over to beamminerals.com and enter the code MINDY for 20% off. And as always, let me know how it works for you. I'm really excited to bring this information to you all because you deserve to thrive in your fasted state. Here's one of the main reasons I wanted to bring you on. Over the last year, it would be easy to watch the news. It would be easy to listen to our friends and to think that the world is falling apart. But one of the questions that I've had for myself is, is it really falling apart? Are we actually rising to a whole nother level of of human existence? That's a good answer answer to offer the audience. Great. Awesome. That's the answer. Is that the answer? So I keep thinking, are we actually breaking down or are we having a breakthrough? Both. Same time. Interesting. 
Same time. Okay. I'll, I'll give so, a story to I'll give a story to cover that because uh, that's one of the first things to get people calmed down is yes. to recognize you're going through something that's very critical, important, and a matter of fact, if you didn't go through this, life is going to be worse <laughs> because we're facing a, an extinction process that humans have created. And yes. so humans, it's humans that either humans change or extinction looms. So you got two choices. Okay. So explain that a little bit, because I've also heard you talk about we are in the sixth possible human ex uh, extinction. And sixth I think this is... Sixth, no, no, sixth mass extinction. They mass, occurred before okay. you, five of them occurred before humans were here. The, Great. the last, okay. last mass extinction is when the dinosaurs were here and then they disappeared. Boom. Okay. Right. Okay. This this is the sixth recorded version through history of this okay. uh, of this extinction process. Uh, 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 but the most important point is that previous ones were all natural events that occurred that mm. led to this one is solely due to human behavior upsetting the web of life. Okay. Uh, and it basically says, well, the way you're living is causing this problem, which yes. leads you to. Well, if you don't want to be in this problem, then you have to live in a different way <laughs> starting now. Beautiful. That's what the story Starting is. now. Great. Starting, starting uh, about 10 years ago, but nobody paid attention. Right. Right. Okay. So what is it that we need to do now? I, I This is where I really want to elevate the conversation around anything pandemic related. How, what can we do now? Okay. Well, uh, there's there's question of what we do now in regard to the COVID, or what we do now in regard to the life we have. That's there too. You know, yeah. what we do now to the COVID is a really important thing because uh, people are confusing the virulence of the virus with the weakness of the patient. Yes. You know, yes. Pe people are getting sick and dying. Yeah, but it, you know, the virus isn't that that wicked. <laughs> it's these people are compromised. Yes. Uh, uh, and that's where. The, why 80 to 90% of the people got the flu and never even had enough, had, didn't have to go to a doctor, didn't have to go to a hospital. They had a flu. And right. those 80, 90%, guess what? <clears throat> have a hell of a better immune system to deal with this than anyone who gets a vaccine. Right. The immune system dealing with the natural flu will make the most perfect vaccine for you. <laughs> yes. uh, make the perfect immune response. Uh, the vaccine is troublesome. Yeah, in what way? Just so people can make educated decisions around it. Well, the first thing is this: number one, uh, the especially Pfizer, Moderna. Um, these are experiments that have never even been tested uh, in animal populations to the extent that they're being tested on human populations right now. So the idea is this: how long did you test this? And they said, well, we tested like two months before we started to make the vaccine. I go, two months? Well, what's the consequence over a period of time? It's like, oh, it, so the idea is and. The official title of this research is called uh, Synthetic Genetic Therapy. That's the name of it. Mm. It is illegal to use on humans. That is the law. But when it was called emergency use for a vaccine, it changed, the, it gave them the right to use something that's not legal to use. And, that, and this is not legal. Uh, and the fact is this. Um, the most important thing is this, is not to defend against the virus, more so is to take care of your personal health because the 80 to 90% that did get this flu without the serious symptoms have the best outcome anybody could have in regard to immune system. 
There's yes. no way a vaccine is ever going to do that at all. Yes. Uh, and and the, the thing is, the fear is the biggest, the fear of everything uh, is the biggest problem because uh, stress hormones shut off the immune system. They shut it yes. off to yeah. conserve energy to run away from that proverbial tiger that's chasing you. So it, it doesn't, you don't use your energy to kill bacteria when the lion is coming to eat you, you know? So uh, stress hormones uh, are th therapeutically used. Um, they give patients that are gonna receive a foreign organ they, before the transplant, they give them stress hormones because that reduces the function of the immune system, prevents the immediate rejection of the foreign wow. thing. So I say, so all you have to do is watch the news and be afraid and all that. And I said, now you immediately are shutting off your immune system and now you're ripe for a bigger problem. And that's, and that's so yeah. the whole idea is what? It's the stress that causes it. Matter of fact, over 90% of illness on this planet is due to stress. Less fact, less than 1% of illness disease is connected to genetics. Less. Wow. One. Wow. That 90% yeah. is already recognized to be the consequence of stress and diet. Well, so physical, nutritional stress, emotional stress, environmental stress, uh, all of those right. collectively are the source of the problem of health issues on this planet, not genes. that had such and a minor, minor role in this minor. Why don't, why don't, why aren't we talk? I mean, I know you're talking about this, but why don't more people know about this? Uh, there's censorship of the media and censorship of the science. And if you don't offer the party line, then uh, the government is shutting down people that offer any alternative opinion because they're on a mission. <laughs> right. And uh, people like myself, but people I know that are even bigger names uh, 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 are getting uh, scrutiny and watched over and censured uh, if they say anything that challenges the, the no, I'll say conventional point of view, the, bis the corporate point of view. Right, okay? right. This, this is a, a swindle uh, of, of money, a swindle of health. A, it's a, it's a ripoff. It's a pharmaceutical driven uh, mechanism with government support. You know, it, it's sort of like um, the church created what was the rules. The king mm. followed what the church said. <laughs> so that right. uh, if there was a heresy, that the, the, the church handled that, not the king. You know, the king was second. The, the, the king had to kiss the ring of the church guy. Okay. And, and I go, so why is it relevant? Because we moved our belief system from the spiritual realm to the pharmaceutical realm. Yes. And the pharmaceutical industry is the church that tells you how to live your life and, and what, you, what sacraments you should take, you know, and how many pills per day and all that crap like that. Uh, and so the reality is, why is it relevant? Because the church made the decision on what heresy was. And today, the pharmaceutical industry is making a decision on what they call heresy in regard to science. Mm, yep. Okay. So the idea is what? They're self-promoting. And, and the biggest failure, I think, is almost everybody out there goes, oh, it's a free vaccine. You just sign it. You just go get it. And it's like, free? 
are you kidding me? That's a trillion dollars in pharmaceutical pockets just because of this. And what, the, what it really comes down to is that uh, the world got manipulated by one opinion right out of Fauci's uh, little kingdom that he created into a massive, massive structure. I mean, right. he was head of the disease unit, which was less than a million dollar budget when he started this, you know, when he was in it. And now it's a multi-billion, if not trillion dollar budget. So he went from this running a little tiny department like this into running this magnificent, massive money machine that is putting money into where? Well, Pfizer, Moderna, AstraZeneca. Uh, I go, yeah, because people have some misperception that this is like a free vaccine. I go, there's no free anything from the pharmaceutical industry. Yeah, and, well said. Uh, and this is an experiment. And I say it's an experiment because the technology of synthetic, uh, uh, you know, genetic therapy, that's what this is called, is illegal to use this vaccine if it wasn't called a vaccine. You put the word vaccine and that gave legitimacy to use something that is not usable. I have very profound doubts about the consequences of the experiments. I, I teach immunology. And uh, I have flags that I see going up all the time in my head about what the hell is going on here. Uh, and, and if it really came down to the bottom line, my bottom line is this, take care of your health. Yes. That means nutrition, uh, supplements, exercise, and more importantly, consciousness. Uh, and I say, why? Because you, you could be one of the 80%, 90% that if you got this COVID, you'll come out of it better than if you got a, a vaccine to try and prevent the COVID. Because having right. it yourself is what the immune system has been designed to do for you know, a few hundred million years. And so the reality is bypassing the immune system saying, well, we know how to control that. And I go, no, you don't. No, you don't. It's an experiment. Yeah. And, and yeah. I say, yes, people are compromised in, a, in the states alone. This, this number is staggering. I go, um, it says that 40 percent of Americans, four out of every 10 people have 2.7 comorbidities. I go, what does that mean? What does that mean? Well, it's actually what it means is more than two closer to most of them have three, 2.7 is closer to three. I go, like what? Obesity, diabetes, uh, heart issues, uh, compromised systems. I go, why is it relevant? <clears throat> because the COVID appears to be more virulent because these people are compromised. Their immune system is not working up to capacity at all. It's, it's being used just to keep the, the thing running as it is, broken as it is. Yeah. And I go, so why is it relevant? I go, well, you made a fear of COVID virus. But the thing you really are trying to make a point is, if people are not healthy, then the COVID virus is a problem. And I say, so to me, as a, you know, an immunology guy and researching guy and all that kind of stuff, I go, I say, you know, when you hear the news, they say, well, do this and take the mask and keep the distance and the blah, blah, blah. And they go through a whole list. And at the very end, they say, oh, and, and, and try and be healthy. I go, are you kidding me? Yep. Try and be healthy. That's number one. <laughs> yes. And yet we're, we're not put, pharmaceutical companies not push healthy because if you're healthy, you don't buy pharmaceuticals. 
So uh, the reality is here's an industry that has conflated the public with the idea that, oh, we're here to help you. Hell they are. They're here to help themselves. And just by the definition, and this is really important because this is law, a corporation by definition, number one mission, number one mission, not whatever the hell the company is doing, number one mission by law is to make a profit for your shareholders. That is the law. If a corporation is not making that profit, then basically the law can collapse the thing and say you're not following it. I go, so why is it relevant? Well, the pharmaceutical company is indeed helping their shareholders. <laughs> you know, yeah. one of the, the mega, mega corporations on the planet is, is this industry. Uh, and then I go, well, you know, <laughs> we bought the belief that they sell that they're helping me. And it's like, no, they're helping themselves. So, so I do think, because I've thought about all these things over the last year, and I do think that there are a, there's a growing movement of people that are wanting to take better control of their health. They're wanting to step out of fear. They've del- they're not watching the news. They've deleted all the the programming that they're getting from outside sources. What, what how do we help those people? What is it that that we can do okay. in this moment? Okay. This, there are two most important facts that if people own these facts, the world will change. Okay. Great. Okay. Fact number one is that um, we are not controlled by genes. Genes, we control the genes. The old story that genes control our physical, our emotional, our behavioral traits. And then you inherit these genes and then you're saddled with, yeah, well, it's running in my family and I'm going to, I have the breast cancer gene and oh my God, you know, the breast cancer gene causes cancer. Now I'm worried like crazy because I know I have a gene and I know that people get no breast cancer uh, and everybody's like, ah, well, that's stressed <laughs> a little bit right there. Yes. Uh, and then I like to offer a little simple fact. There is not one gene, not one gene that causes cancer. The genes are correlated, correlated with cancer. But the gene itself does not activate itself. It doesn't turn itself on. That's a whole false belief that genes turn on and off like a light switch. Genes on, genes off. I go, no, no. A gene is a blueprint to make body parts. It's 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 a plan to make cells and muscles and bone and all these things and put it in this structure called a human. Genes are blueprints. That's a fact. Those are why it's irrelevant. I said, so you go into this architect's office, you know, and she's working on a blueprint. You lean over her shoulder and you go, hey, is your blueprint on or off? She looks at you like, it's a blueprint. It's not on and off, it's a blueprint. Precisely, you need an architect. And it turns out consciousness is the archetype. Mm. Uh, and the reason is this, this is the new science called epigenetics. I go, yes. everyone's familiar with the old story, genetics, genes control this and they turn on and off and blah, blah, blah. And I said, now you're a victim. Why? As far as you know, you didn't pick them. You don't like the traits, can't change them. Then we say, well, of course they turn on and off by themselves. And all of a sudden you start to realize then, I'm a victim of my heredity. Whatever been passed down to me is going to project into my life. And I, 
And then what we do is now we get all the drugs and the chemistry to well, protect myself against these genes. And I go, wait a minute, there's no gene that causes cancer. Cancer is due to a disharmony in the system. The gene is called in when there's a disharmony. If the, uh, and I go, why is this relevant? Well, uh, for example, let's just talk about the breast cancer gene I mentioned. What's the point? Half the women that have this gene never get the cancer. And you have yeah. to stop and say, well, what does that mean? Well, I'll tell you what it means. Possession of the gene doesn't cause cancer. <laughs> and all of a sudden, so why is it relevant? Because you keep focusing on the cells that are supposedly the problem, and the cells are a mirror or reflection of the consciousness of that individual. Because the brain translates our visions into complementary chemistry. It's sort of like paint by numbers in reverse. The paint are the hormones, the growth factors, all these things that create this body. Yeah, but I say, first you start with a picture, the brain translates it into chemistry that complements, and then that chemistry goes in the body to do what? Manifest a physical expression of what you just had. So if like so, are you, yeah. Are you saying then if I know I have the breast cancer gene, I put create a picture in my mind of me having breast cancer, now that gets played out in my cells and can actually create the cancer itself. And here's a, let me just add one little fact to that. Same story. Uh, only about 10% of cancer has a hereditary linkage. About 90% of cancer patients don't really have that in their world. And yet they end up with it. And the idea was, well, how can I end up with this cancer? I said, it's the manifestation of the vision, the fears that you have been programmed with that occupy most of your consciousness. And those fears generate, generate chemistry released into the body. Uh, and this is what my research 50 years ago uh, on stem cells, which are embryonic cells, uh, I created genetically identical stem cells in three culture dishes. All dishes were genetically identical, but I changed what is called the culture medium, chemistry. I make it in a lab, culture medium, uh, and I make three different versions, chemistry. And in one dish, the cells form muscle, another dish, the cells form bone, and the third dish, the cells form fat cells. And you have to stop and go, wait a minute. Why did it become muscle here and fat over here? What, what, was, what controls that? And I go, they all have the same genes. It was the environment that was changing that. In a plastic dish, I put culture medium. Culture medium is a laboratory version of blood. Okay. Okay. So the chemistry of culture media is supposed to match the chemistry of the blood. Okay. So I make slightly different variations of that blood and the cells have different expression. And I go, the cells were genetically the same. So I can't say the genes made a decision. They made a decision in response to what was going on in their world. Okay. So now I say, so why is this? Now let's just take it back. I go, those are cells in a plastic dish. You are a skin-covered Petri dish because underneath your skin is 50 trillion cells in a skin-covered dish with the original culture medium, blood. And I say, does it make a difference if the cell's in a skin dish or the plastic dish? I say, nope. It's still controlled by the environment. In the plastic dish, culture medium, synthetic blood. In your skin-covered dish, the actual real blood is the culture medium. And I say, the chemistry of that culture medium is what made muscle cell versus bone versus fat. I say, the chemistry then, I say, oh, so the chemistry of the blood 
culture medium controls the fate of the cells. I go, yeah, it's above the genes. And that's why it's called epigenetics. Epi means above. So what's skin called? Epidermis. I go, what does that mean? Well, just underneath the layer of the skin, there's a layer called dermis. And so when giving the anatomy name, they say layer above dermis. Oh, it's simpler to say epi. That means above. Epidermis. So when I say epigenetics, what I'm saying, uh, I say this factor is under genetic control. That's the conventional belief. That's interpreted as what? Genes control this factor. But if I say this factor is under epigenetic control, it's a revolution. I say, why? Epi means above. So what I'm saying is control epi above the genes, genetics. And, all of a and what's, say, up, what's above the gene? Consciousness. Consciousness is controlling the genes by adjusting the chemistry of the blood. Wow. So if you have a picture of love, the chemistry that comes out of a brain of love is the most wonderful chemistry. It's got dopamine for pleasure. It's got oxytocin to bond you to your love source. It's got vasopressin, makes you more attractive so your partner stays with you. And it has growth hormones. So blood from lovers have chemistry that is promoting life, growth hormone. That's why people, when they fall in love, they glow, they're healthy. I go, why? Because mm. they're Chemistry, the culture medium has growth hormone, which encourages growth. And I say, but if that person has a picture of fear, then all of a sudden I say, that love chemistry, that the brain doesn't release love chemistry, and fear releases stress hormones. I go, so what's that? I say, oh, stress hormone chemistry in your blood doesn't promote growth. In fact, it shuts down growth because protection is to wall yourself off and to conserve energy to run away from the fear. And I say, so when I put stress hormones in, my cells genetically have a different behavior than if I put love hormones in. So as I change my thoughts, I change the chemistry of the blood, but the chemistry of the blood is the epigenetic control of my genes. Amazing. So, so all of a sudden it says, what's your picture? So, what are you thinking about? Yeah. Right. So that, so that's what I'm thinking is I'm thinking, well, then the goal is to never be in fear. The goal is if you want to be healthy is to stay in love. Uh, that's there you go. That's the nature of the game because when you're in love, guess what? You enhance your immune system. When you're in fear, you shut off your immune system right away. That's a hundred percent difference <laughs> in outcome. Right. Uh, and, and so, so the, the environments, the environment you're putting yourself in is going to control your thoughts. And if your thoughts are now, no, 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 I want to fix that for a second, Mindy. Let's fix it. It goes this way. Your, the the cells in a Petri dish are directly contacting the environment, culture medium. Okay. So cells adjust to the environment. I go, well, inside my body, my cells don't know what the hell the environment is but they have to adjust themselves. If it's winter time, I'm going to increase my metabolism and stay warmer. In the summertime, I'm going to decrease my metabolism and sweat and cool off. I'm being adjusting to this environment, okay? So I go, so what's the relevance of all of this? And the answer is the cells in my body do not see the real environment. They see my interpretation of the environment. I go, where'd you get that? I said, well, when you grew up, uh, uh, you know, like um, uh, kids that are, you know, programmed to be bigots, 
before they even know who they're a bigot against. Oh, well, we don't like those people. The kid's four years old, never even met one of these people. And the parents are all talking about, oh, these people are the bad, bad, bad people. And now the kid is 10 years old and meets one of these people. And guess what? He's got a filter. He knows, oh, you're one of those people. Oh, those are the bad people. Okay. Uh, uh, the, the one that I give that, uh, that actually uh, I put into an article, I really like it because it's, it's like um, two, two kids are neighbors to each other. And there's a yard with a fence. And in yard one, a garden snake comes out of the grass and wiggles across. And the mother and the baby are there. And the mother is a biologist. And she goes, oh, look at this cute. This is a snake. And so and she picks it up and everything. And the kid is, oh, this is a snake. I, I like that, you know. And I say, then the snake travels under the fence and goes in the next yard. And there's a baby there, but a mother who freaks out. And she sees the snake and you know, like the end of the world, grabs the kid, runs away. Now it's 30 years later. The two babies are grown up, two guys, 30 years old, walking down the sidewalk. And a snake slithers out of the grass and crosses the, the sidewalk. One of the two is going to go, oh, look at that snake. Isn't that, that's a nice snake. The other one is screaming bloody murder, like, and I go, so what was the point? And this is critical. They both are in the same environment, but they have completely different responses to the same signals. I go, where do the responses come from? The first seven years of programming sets up our filters. What's important, what's not important, how is this? And therefore, after that, this subconscious is where those filters are, are running the show. So if that snake shows up and the mother of that one was the biologist and he looks at the snake, it's like, what's a snake? But if the snake shows up and the other one whose mother freaked out sees the snake, he's got a filter that says, oh, that's a scary damn thing. And he's going to freak out. So then all of a sudden I said, well, then how do you respond to the world? Like, right. How were you programmed? Because the first seven years of life is where we get programs of how to respond. I go, how do you get those? And here's the cool part. For the first seven years of a child's life, when you put wires on a person's head, you record uh, brain activity, electroencephalograph, EEG. Right. The vibration of a child under seven is not maintaining a level of consciousness. It's below consciousness. It's at a vibration called theta. Alpha is a consciousness. That's a higher vibe. Theta is below consciousness. I say a child up to seven is predominantly in theta. I go, what's theta? I said, well, characterize imagination. And I go, that's how a child, we have a tea party. I'm under seven. We pour the nothing into the cup. We drink the nothing. And we talk about how wonderful the tea was. That's a tea party. Okay. I go, why was it relevant? Uh, and, and the answer comes down to this is that uh, imagination is that character. And I go, yeah, but here's the killer. Theta is also hypnosis. If you want to hypnotize somebody and download a program into their subconscious, you put hypnosis. And I go, yeah, but a child's in hypnosis for seven years. I said, why? Answer is intelligence of the system. And that is what? If uh, I say, Mindy, uh, show me a book with all the rules that you have to have to be a member of a family and all the rules to be a functional member of a community. How big is that book? All the rules. 
all of a sudden he said, oh my God, there's a, it's got thousands and thousands of rules to be a functional member. I go, but an infant can't read. And an infant has to become a member of a family and has to become a member of a community. So I said, well, how do they get that knowledge? And the answer is first seven years, hypnosis. Watch the mother, the father, and the community and download what you see, just like a video camera. And by age seven, you've observed how your parents respond to all these different things, how your mother responds is different, how your father responds is different, how the neighbor responds, but you're getting the download picture. So a child by the age of seven has experienced all the different behaviors to become part of that community. And, and, and it does so by nothing more than watching, observing. And then Amazing. it turns out so, 90, 90, but the last fact, Mindy, <laughs> I keep showing up, but I got to give you this one because yeah, then if, no, if I have full, so many thoughts on this. In full, here's the full circle. The conscious right. mind is the creative one connected to your wishes and desires, your spirituality. The subconscious mind only has the programs in it. And I say, when we're operating from the conscious mind, we're creating from our wishes and desires. But when we're operating from the subconscious mind, that's just push the button, play the program, push the button, play the program. It's habit, 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 okay? And then I say, well, how much of my life am I using my creative conscious mind to manifesting my life? And I go, 5%. I go, what do you mean? 95%, the conscious mind is not looking out the window. It's looking inside because that's where thinking occurs. So I say, hey, Mindy, tell me what you're doing on Thursday at two o'clock. And right at this moment, it's not in front of you. But if I give you a moment, you're going to go, um, oh, on Thursday, I'm doing this. <laughs> and I go, where do you get this from? I said, well, this is the, the programming. OK, it's built in. But I also say, but where did you get that program? I stopped looking out the window and I went inside my head and said, Thursday, what am I doing on Thursday? I'm not looking, I'm inside. So I say, so the conclusion, when we are thinking, the conscious mind is not looking out the window, it's inside. So that means it's not controlling the behavior. I say, yeah, but if I'm driving a car and I'm thinking, does that mean I'm, the car's out of control? I go, no, subconscious is autopilot. Hmm. Moment I am thinking, subconscious grabs the wheel. It will drive that vehicle just the way I was programmed to drive the vehicle. Why? It's a habit. <laughs> okay. I don't have to think about driving after I learned and made it a habit. You can put the key in the ignition and not once think about all the things that you had to do the first day you got in the car. Mirrors, gauges, listen to the engine, look it's out so the true. window. Uh, and now you can drive without thinking about it. I go, yeah, yeah but 95, this is then conclusion after, I'm sorry, so many words, but. No, no, it's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> conclusion is. 95% of your life is not coming from your creative wishes and desires conscious mind. 95% is coming from the programs that you have because you're spending time thinking with the conscious mind. So 95% of your life is not coming from your creative wishes and desires. It's just playing the program. And I say most of those programs are self-sabotaging, limiting, uh, uh, and disempowering beliefs. And I say you yeah. play those 95% of the day. And, and they're not go, yours. No, they're not yours. You got them from where? Download. That's not what you wanted. That was just the program you got. Okay. So, so what's the relevance about this? Well, where's conscious mind when you're playing this program? Ah, oh, it's not watching. Conscious mind's inside. I go, so why? 
well, when you're playing the program, did you notice uh, anything about that program? Was it a good program or a bad program? I said, how the hell do you know? You were not paying attention. You were inside. And all of a sudden I go, so finally, I will come to a closure to add, let you ask a question. Finally. <laughs> but first, I, my last final, I always say that, then there's always another slide. But yeah, I get my it. last one right here is story, same story, 30 years because it's like the most valid boom hit you in the head. And it's like this, you have a friend, you know your friend's behavior very well. You know your friend's parent. One day you see your friend has the same behavior as their parents. So you really gotta tell your friend, you go, hey, Bill, you're just like your dad. And then I say, back away from Bill. Cause the first thing Bill's gonna say is how can you compare me to my dad? I'm nothing like my dad. And everyone in the audience starts to snicker and laugh because they're familiar with it. And I go, closing story and why it is the most profound one. Everyone else can see that Bill behaves as, like his dad. Bill's the only one that doesn't see it. I go, why not? Why is he playing it? Oh, his conscious mind is thinking. So he's playing the program he downloaded from his dad in that first seven years. And then what? Well, he doesn't see it because he's playing it only because he's not thinking, he's thinking, he's mm. not paying attention. Mm. Yeah. Okay. And then I go, and now the conclusion of that story is very interesting. Everyone else can see that Bill's behavior is like his dad. It's only Bill who can't see it. Uh, and then my favorite punchline, we are all Bill. Every one of us is doing what Bill does every day. And you don't see it's the behavior that you're playing when you're not paying attention, behavior that and supports you? Or is it behavior that compromises you? How do you know? Hmm. You didn't see it. And so how would I know? And the answer wow. is this. 95% of your life is coming from the program. So I said, conclusion. Your life is a printout of your program. Are you a happy and your program? What's that? You are the program. And your program was your parents or your community from zero to seven? Absolutely. The Jesuits, they always had a saying for 400 years, they told people this and nobody understood. And the Jesuits would say, give me a child for the first seven years and I will show you the man. That's a famous saying. Wow. I said, what were they saying? I said, just exactly what I just said. First seven years, they even got that right, is the program period. And then 95% of the rest of your life is coming from the program. So if wow. I get the child for the first seven years, I essentially have control the rest of the life of that program. And I say, and who are the programmed people? I say, we are. We've right. all been there. There's nobody that got to this point without having programs because you can't use your nervous system without a program. Hey, Recenters, as we step into the new year, I am so thrilled to invite you on an extremely transformative journey with me in my Reset Academy. So check this out. If you're ready to kickstart your fasting and health journey, which I know so many of you have reached out to us and asked how you customize a fasting lifestyle for you, my Reset Academy is the absolute best place to be. So here's what you get in the academy, and I like to think of it in terms of a complete picture. So imagine being surrounded by people who understand your journey, who are passionate for fasting, who want to lift you up and will support you every step of the way. My academy is not just me, my team, but it is an incredible group 
of people that are all dedicated to building fasting lifestyles and supporting each other in it. This is why I created the Reset Academy. So when you join, you gain access to all the exclusive calls where my team and I share the latest insights, we answer your burning questions, and we guide you towards your health goals. That's not it. We didn't stop there. By becoming a member, you're not just investing in a membership, but you're investing in yourself. I am such a fan of setting you up to win this year. And my academy is the best place I know to do that. I want to keep you focused. I want you to customize this for you. And I want you to succeed at your health goals this year. End of story. So if you're ready to unlock your fullest potential and embrace a fasting lifestyle, join me. If it feels good, join me. And let's make this year an incredible year for us all. So all you got to do is go visit drmindypels.com slash Reset Academy to become a member. I can't wait to welcome you. I can't wait to see you on the Zoom calls. I can't wait to be in community with you. And most importantly, let's get your health goals handled and let's do this together. It's so much better together. Together. So that's drmindypels.com slash Reset Academy. Excited to see you there. The million dollar question has to be, how do you change your program if you didn't like, if the first seven years was rough and you don't want to repeat the patterns perhaps of the adults that programmed you? How do you, how do you change that? I never heard that question before. No, I'm lying. <laughs> I'm lying like crazy. <laughs> Ever since day one, when I tried to tell people how the mechanism works, the first question is always, well, how do I change that? And I go, well, that wasn't my job. My job was to show you how it works. Ah, there you go. <laughs> but I do have answers after all these years. I hope years, so. Okay. Uh, the, the idea is this. The programs are in the subconscious mind. This, and by the fact that it's called a program, it's also a habit. I say, as a habit, you don't want to change that. If I think there are habits that are good and there are habits that are bad, I say, when yeah. did you learn how to walk? Oh, before two, you learned that program. Why? You practice, you stood up, you fell over, you practice, you got the system to learn to control, and you taught walking. Okay? I go, you know what's great? You, that same program will run till you're 150 years old. You know, it doesn't change. And thank God it doesn't because right, yeah. why, I don't want to have to relearn how to walk. So I yeah. go, well, what's cool about a habit? Habits resist change. Because if they change, then they're not habits anymore, okay? So I say the subconscious mind's a habit mind. I go, oh, geez, now i got programs in there I want to change. I say, resist change. And I go, yeah, but guess what? I can learn new habits, right? Pick up an instrument. I don't know how to play it, but if I practice, make habit, I can put in a new program. I can learn that, okay? So I said, here's the problem. We have confused the conscious and subconscious as one, the mind. I go, no, no. Two different minds make the mind. My, these two minds have different functions, and they learn in different ways. And that's where the problem comes from. Go, What's what the different mean? ways? Well, the creative mind, by definition, is creative. I can learn it anyway. Look, just listening to this conversation, I can learn something and walk away with it, right? right. Uh, I could I just go, aha, I have an idea. I just put a new vision in my conscious mind. And I say, does that translate to the subconscious mind? I go. No, subconscious mind doesn't learn that way. 
I go, so why is it relevant? I say, well, I read all the self-help books. Man, give me a test. I can give you a hundred on how to live this most wonderful life. And I said, are you living that wonderful life? You can get a hundred. No. <laughs> and I go, that was the problem. You could read the self-help books, educate the conscious mind, but that's not translated into subconscious program. And so going to the lecture and reading the book and watching mm. the video, I can educate conscious mind, but it does not change the program. Then I say, oh, the subconscious mind learns in a different way. I go, yeah. First seven years, how to learn. Theta, the low vibration, below awake consciousness that it was recording. Okay, so I say, oh, every night when you go to bed, the if you put wires on a head, when you're at work, it's a higher vibration called beta. And then when you come home, it vibrations slow down to a calmer consciousness called alpha. And just at the moment your eyes close and you disconnect consciousness, the vibration has just now dropped into theta. So your conscious mind's not aware, but your subconscious mind is open. So okay. if you put earphones on at night to play behaviors that you want, programs that you want, the beautiful part about it is you might hear some of the program while you're still alert, but the moment <laughs> alpha shuts off, guess what? The speaker is sending words and your conscious mind doesn't even hear it, but your subconscious mind is still working. So you can make new habits. It's called self-hypnosis. Okay. Okay. Number two, that only self-hypnosis or theta worked until age seven, but you learn things after age seven to drive the car, play the instrument, do the job, whatever. I say, how'd you do that? I say, repetition. You want something to be real? It's called practice. Habituation. You actually have to live it. Right. And I go, uh, I, the, the, the new age phraseology always makes me laugh about it. It's called fake it till you make it. Meaning it I'm not a happy person. I go, hey, you want to be a happy person? I say, yeah. Then I say, all day long, every time you could think about it, you say, I am happy. I am happy. In the middle of, ah, keep saying, I am happy. Repetition will ultimately cause habit. Habit is one day you wake up and guess what? You're happy. You didn't even say it. Why? That's the program. I downloaded it. Wow. Okay. So uh, after age seven, you can put new programs in, but you actually have to do an exercise, a habituation, a practice to to put it in. Uh, I like to uh, offer this is that a sticky note on the mirror. A lot of people think, oh, that's mm. it. And I go, that it's a suggestion. It's not a habit. It does, oh, yeah, yeah. Don't eat the donut. Yeah, I got it. Okay. It, that's not a habit. That's a suggestion. I'll end up eating the donut. Why? Because I didn't change anything. I got the original subconscious donut loving program. <laughs> you know, if I want to change it, I have to change my vision of donut. Right. And so repetition. Okay. So that's number two. Both one and two, self hypnosis, repetition is a time consuming exercise. Okay. However, necessity being the mother of invention, we are going extinct because of our behavior and we have to change our behavior. We don't have a lot of time. So nature came up with, hey, you can change behavior using something called energy psychology. And there's about on my website, this moment, brucelipton.com. 
I have listed on that website about 20 to 30 different uh, energy psychology modalities. They all essentially get to the same conclusion, but through you know different pathway to get in. And I go, so what's most relevant? I go, these changes and programs can occur in minutes once you know what you want to change and how, and what you you know what is it. The harder part is what's the program I want. Yeah. Or <laughs> once you figure that out, that makes that may take longer than let's put the program in because you can do it in, in in certain cases in minutes and walk away minutes later with a different life. You just walked out the door, different life. These are the three fundamental ways. And I say, and then before you, I say, before you use these three fundamental ways to change the program, of course, the first question is, what's the program that I have? I was just going to say, how do you know what the program is if you're too close to it? No. And guess what? When did the program go in? Well, actually, they started programming before you were born last trimester of pregnancy. So uh, let's say a mother plays music by by her abdomen uh, and the fetus is growing. And the fetus hears that music. When the baby is born, you play that music, the baby will instantly recognize that music. Mm -hmm. It learned already. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, So it starts in the last trimester of pregnancy and it goes through age seven. So now I say, oh, wow, you got programmed. Okay. What program did you get in utero? What was your mother experiencing in her life? Because her blood with her chemistry, whether it was love or fear based on what she was, was the blood that was programming your cells as a fetus. So she was genetically expressing uh, uh, things in your body through her blood. Okay, just like my own blood is controlling me here, but as a fetus, I'm living off my mother's blood, which has information in it, okay? So I say, well, why is it important? I say, well, can you remember the program when you were in utero? No. Oh, well, you had a whole year from zero to one. Can you remember the, any of the programs? No. Okay, from one to... Two, a whole year, you got programmed. Do you you have a full memory of what programs have it? No. By the time you get to three, you might say, yeah, I remember some things, okay? But here's the point. How do I know what the damn programs are? They were programmed before I was conscious. Thank you, Mindy, for letting me come to this most important. Yes, tell us. Your life, 95% is coming from the program the subconscious. I go, why is it relevant? I say, your life is a printout of your program. I go, look at your life. I go, why? The things that you like that actually come into your life, they come in because you have a program to, you know, bring them in. But the things that you wish for and desire, and you have to work hard and sweat over and put a lot of effort in, I'm, I'm, I'm going to make this happen. I'm working. I'm going to make this happen. I said, why are you working so hard? And the answer is, whatever that destination is, your subconscious program doesn't support that. And you're trying to override it. I will override it. I will lose weight. I go, that's a conscious decision. I say, did you tell the subconscious about it? I said, why? Because weight is a setting in the subconscious. It's not a setting in the conscious mind. Conscious mind says, I don't want to weight. And subconscious is like, that's the program. And I say, so what, what are you going to do about it? I say, well... You have to change the program. <laughs> and I go, why is that relevant? Well, I could diet. That's me overriding this thing. I say, wow, I work really hard. I hate it. I hate this stupid diet. I'm eating cardboard every night, but I'm going to lose weight. And I get down to this weight and I go, great. I let go. Program comes right back up. Weight right back where it was before. Okay. 
So I go, so why is all this relevant? And, and, and the relevance is this. It's not easy to take the conscious mind, which works 5% of the time, to override the subconscious program running 95% of the time. So no, the idea, that that's where the problem comes from. So now we're left at the conclusion. What do you want to change in your life? I say the things I'm struggling with. Relationship, money, health, whatever. If you have a struggle, it's a reflection of a program. Oh, I love so now that. you know what you want to change. And, and then you have to, and the harder part, as I said, is you're going to write a program and stick it in. <laughs> so you have to be very careful in the writing of that program. It can go in faster than it takes the time to write it. <laughs> and right. I, it's really important. I, I'll just give you an example. Well, let's say I have a, a disease. What's my wish? I want to be healthy. Oh, let me put that into the program. I want to be healthy. So let's record that today, Mindy and Bruce, today recording what I want to be healthy. I put it into my subconscious mind. And we come back next year, same time next year. And I say, hey, how's that working for you? <laughs> and the answer is it, nothing, nothing changed, <laughs> you know, through all of that. And I go, what? You haven't changed the program using a technique to change that program. So, and what did the, now here comes the conclusion. What did I just program? I want to be healthy. Guess what? Mm. Next year, same time. I want to be healthy. I say, mm. oh, you can't get to be healthy. Why? You put the word want. Want is a desire. You, you, you will always be in desire. I want to be healthy. It's like, I'm, oh, oh, what's the program? I am healthy. I say, you're sitting there with terminal cancer. And I say, and what are you telling yourself? I am healthy. That just sounds so absurd. I go, no, because it's a program that goes into the subconscious. And the function of the mind is to make that program real. That's what it does right now. It takes your subconscious programs and makes them real. Why? Because then your life is just as you expected it. God, I didn't think I was going to get that raise and I didn't get it. And I go, wow, what do you know? <laughs> your created reality was, I didn't think I was going to get it. And you didn't. <sighs> okay. So, so basically it says, if your life isn't working right, then it's, this is really, you have to look at it and say, what is the destination that I can't get to? And then start to recognize if I want to get there, then I have to write a statement as if I'm already there because my mind, if I say I want, my mind will say, okay, you can want this for 100 years. You can so you still well want said. it. You could have it 500 years. You could still want it. But if I am it, then the function of the mind is to make it. I am healthy. Then the mind goes and looks at the body and goes, holy crap, you got terminal cancer. You got it. Oh, program? Healthy? Okay. Changes the chemistry. Adjust the genetics. And we'll turn you back into healthy again. Amazing. And so affirmations work repetitively. It's a, it's a, it's a habituation. You have to repeat it religiously. It's not like, Oh, today I was thinking some very positive thoughts. I go, that's nice. <laughs> right. 5% of your day. Who cares? It doesn't make any difference to the 50 trillion cells that are operating from the other program. And so all of a sudden You're I said, those cells have to be habituated. This is the so program. You so you can't <laughs> complain program. your you can't complain your way to a different life. 
<laughs> no, that makes it worse. I'll tell you why. Cells are, 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 you know, the subconscious mind is like a five-year-old child. I go, why is it relevant? I say, if you want a five-year-old child to actually do something, then you'd be nice to that five-year-old child. But if that five-year-old child, you yell at it, you stupid, ignorant, blah, blah, blah. I go, that, that five-year-old child is not going to really support you anymore. It's going to go, I, I hate you. <laughs> I go, well, why? what's the problem? I say, well, you were yelling at it to fix something. It doesn't like you because that's the way you treated it, then it's not necessarily going to support you. It doesn't care. Change, yeah. So it's really, cells have a consciousness to them. So if I injure myself, truly, I touch wherever I'm injured. If I cut myself, I, I touch it. And I see it and I say, this is healing. We're going to heal this right here. And you go, what's that all about? And I go, why in a normal presidency, if there's a disaster in the States, does the president go to the disaster site? It takes the attention of 300 million people focusing on what? The disaster. And the energy of that 300 million people is infusing that population with health. And, you know, that's what the, the collective energy is about. So I say you got 50 trillion cellular citizens. Something goes wrong with the cells. Take the government, the mind. And say, you see these cells? Yeah, hey folks, we're, we're this is going to get healed right here. I'm touching it. Why? That's the president landing where the problem is, and that brings the attention of 50 trillion cells to here, and that facilitates the healing. Amazing. But if you yell at the yourself and complain like crazy, I go, who listens to that? Not the right. cells. Yeah. <laughs> so what do, could we do something as a collective consciousness right now in this moment? Could we all put our attention on what life will be like when this situation is over? And would that have a, a accelerate the movement in a more positive direction? 100%. You can't have a war unless you get enough people to believe in the war. I can't go out in the street and say, let's have a war today. And everybody looks at me like, what are you crazy? You know, so I'm, there's no war happening. But if I get out in the street, get half a million people to say, yeah, we're right for that war. Prepare, because that war is going to happen. Okay. And I say, so why is it we are cells in a evolving body called humanity? 50 trillion cells inside your body. We have how many near 8 billion cells comprising something bigger. And when we understand that's the destination, all of a sudden you realize, do, do you like it when your cells attack each other? That's called autoimmune disease, self-destruction. The answer is absolutely not. What, what is healthy? Harmony and 50 trillion cells. I go, yeah, but they're all different kinds of cells. They're all different colors. Brain is white, liver is red, <laughs> you know, all these different green in the bile. I go, they're all different. I said, yeah, but they work together to create a human. And I say, seven to eight billion human cells coming together create a higher level called humanity. Amazing. And, and this is where we need to go. We need to go out of, I'm separate from you and you're a different color than me and you have a different religion than me. And I go, well, that's separation as anything could ever be. And evolution is not separation. Evolution is the opposite of Darwinian theory. Darwinian theory is competition and survival of the fittest. And it turns out that is completely wrong. That is not evolution. A garden is not a battleground. 
a garden is the height of cooperation among all the organisms that comprise that garden. And I go, so why is it relevant? We came from a garden and our lack of cooperation with that garden is destroying the web of life garden. And we're facing our own extinction because our behavior is not in harmony with the world. Wow. And this is the wake up call it says you better learn to live in harmony with nature. You are not outside of nature. You are nature. Right. We, we, didn't, we didn't come here like God created everything and then said, let's add some humans. I go, no, no, humans came from the garden inward. And I go, so why is it relevant? If we came from the garden to destroy the garden, then by definition, you just destroyed yourself. Wow. And this is where we are in this mass extinction. Amazing. If, if you were the Surgeon General of America right now, what would, and you could, or let's say you were even Fauci and you could create, <laughs> I don't mean to scare you. <laughs> you could create, you could ask everybody to behave in a certain way to move us forward and out of this pandemic. What would you do? Well, the first thing is first take care of yourself to be a functional element in this community. Because if you're not a functional element, then you're actually weakening the community because somebody's going to have to take care of you and take care of the problems you didn't deal with. So the first thing is personal health. We are responsible. Epigenetics is the science that says, yes, your environment and your perception are controlling your genes. If you're not healthy, it's because you're not in harmony with your environment or with your perceptions. That's the problem. So everybody should really start to recognize, look, we make culture medium. Remember the chemistry of the culture medium controls the cells. I go, what kind of food are you eating? <laughs> Industrial farm crap with poisons and toxins or are you eating organic, natural, healthy food? Well, that makes a difference on making culture medium blood. That's why you eat the food in the first place. Okay. So we have to start recognizing we, we need to really eat better to live in harmony with ourselves and ourselves with us. Secondly, um, most of our food is so short of some very important uh, vitamin supplements. Yes. And for health, to endorse and support the immune system, the most important recommendation is large quantities of vitamin C. I take uh, 2,000 milligrams, or I should call it two grams of that every day. Vitamin C, because it enforces and supports the immune system in this time. So does vitamin D, yes. another one that most people are weakest in. And that also enhances and supports the immune system. Uh, magnesium, uh, zinc as supplemental elements. The I want to make culture medium. In the lab, You, I, I don't go get my ingredients at Kmart when I make culture medium. I, I buy the most pristine, best ingredients in the world because if I compromise on the ingredients and put those medium into the culture dish, you can watch the cells get sick right away. Yes. It's either the, the culture medium has to be fully supportive. So eating an organic natural, taking vitamins and supplements, especially vitamin C and D at this time. Okay. Yes. Um, exercise. Why? The, the blood is cleaning and taking care of the body, but the blood needs to have this circulation system to push it so it goes through all the filters and does all this stuff. And if you're sedentary, you're not supporting the cleansing and cleaning up and maintenance of your body. So exercise, something from just walking, just get the hell out of that house and start walking. Yes. <laughs> it's yes. great exercise, okay? Uh, so now we have, what, three things. We have uh, diet, supplements, exercise, and number four, this is the one we've been talking about for the last hour. And I say, what are your thoughts? Because your 
mind is going to manifest them. If they're negative thoughts, then get ready, it's coming. If it's positive thoughts, then congratulations, because you're going to improve your vitality, your health, and your enjoyment of living in this beautiful garden that we have. And so I say, yeah, if I was in that position, I say, first, take care of yourself. There's an old hippie thing from a million years ago. It says, before you go out and save the world, take care of your own backyard. Yes. Or Gandhi. Was that Gandhi? I don't know if it's Gandhi, but he's, he was be the change you want to see. Well, that's it. So we have to take care of ourselves first and then participate in a community of others taking care of themselves and the environment. Taking care of yourself is all, since you are the environment. If you're going to take care of yourself, you better damn well take care of that environment because you're a reflection of that. So all of a sudden you see we can come out of this self-destructive belief system that we've been programmed with, programmed, that life is competition, people are threatening, they want to take away yours, and you're going to protect that. I go, that's not real. That was a belief system that has programmed us. Amazing. And, and, and uh so Amazing. the idea is this, you first have to take care of yourself. And you can look at, and here's, if I, if I have to say, uh, the, the most important aspect of getting there is to look in the mirror and say, I love that person. Hmm. I say, why is that relevant? I go, because when we do belief changes, like those energy psychology things, and we test for beliefs, listen to this number. Between 80 and 90% of all participants, they will not test positive for I love myself. And I go, that's eight to nine out of 10 people. I go, why is that? Because when we were young, parents used to think if they criticize us, we'll make a better effort. I go, but if a child's under seven, they're not thinking, they're just recording so when the parents, uh, the kid cries because he wants the toy and the parent says, you don't deserve that. The child doesn't understand really the meaning behind that, but the child did record it. I do not deserve. I go for the rest of the child's life as a program. I say, why is it relevant? Well, then 95% of the day, if the mind is going to make that program real, it's going to uh, compromise that person. So at the end of the day, the person goes, yeah, I didn't get it again. I guess I don't deserve it. I go, that was a program. Okay. So um, fascinating. You need to yeah, do this. Yeah. And it comes up because love is glue hmm. that holds it all together. And if you don't love yourself, no one else can love you by legitimacy. Meaning, if I don't love myself and someone comes up and says, Bruce, I love you. And I go, well, you have no quality control because I know I'm not lovable. <laughs> and then I will push that person away. And at the end of the day, then I'll come home and go, no, I'm not lovable. Nobody's here. I go, you've been pushing them away all day. Where the hell do you want? <laughs> Fascinating. Oh, my God. I could talk to you forever, and I want to respect your time. I, I do have a couple of questions for you. You've already, like, my brain is just going now, and I can't, I can't wait to go to bed tonight and see what I can program in there on the way, <laughs> on the way into the sleep. If you had, if there was one person on the planet right now that you could sit down and have a, a great conversation with and learn something from, who would that be? Everybody, huh? Yeah. Everybody, everybody, everybody can show me something that I don't know because obviously I don't know everything. Yes. And everybody has something. Yes. And therefore... 
to say that all the answers come from this one voice, that would actually, that unfortunately redirects people. They buy that one voice, but if that one voice has any flaw in it, then everybody else just bought all the flaw too. So, so the well idea said. is be open and listen and observe and, and find things that feel good. Because when you feel good, that means the chemistry that's going from your mind is making harmony. That's why feeling good is is a reflection. Yeah, 50 trillion cells are happy. Why? I feel great. I love ah. it. I love it. What is there a book uh, that changed your life that you would say everybody needs to read outside of the biology of belief? <laughs> Definitely everybody needs to read that book. But is there well, a book? It was, it was a long time ago book, and there are much better versions of it. But I, I read a book by an author, Heinz Pagels, a physicist, and, and it was all about quantum physics. Hmm. And I go, not quantum physics with equations and mathematics, which is like, I don't get that, but quantum physics and meaning yes. and, and principles. Uh, and when you understand it, it's like, oh my God, the fundamental principle of quantum physics, and let me emphasize this, of all the sciences on planet Earth, quantum physics is the most valid, the most you know tested, affirmed to be true. There is no science with more truth than quantum physics. And I said, well, so why is quantum physics so important? You ready? Principle number one, consciousness is creating our life experience. Beautiful. And all of a sudden it says, my God, that's not a new age suggestion. That is the most valid science on the planet. Amazing. Change your consciousness and you will change your existence on this planet. Amazing. That's physics. Amazing. Okay. Well, you're incredible. If you, it, Let me leave you with, and I know people say this, but let me leave you with this question. If you had, and I, you probably already answered it, but if you had one message for the world that you could get into their subconscious programming and, and really help them see, live a, a happier life, what would that be? That's something that I learned that I never had in my life until I got it. And then my life profoundly changed. And that is simply this, as a scientist, I did not believe in spirituality. I believed here I am, animal, live, die, amino acids, <laughs> back to the soil again. But through the understanding of physics and then supported by epigenetics, consciousness is creating this, this situation we're in. And if the world you're in doesn't look right, is because the consciousness you are using is supporting that world. Mm -hmm. And that it's time for us to recognize we're spiritual entities, that we're here visiting this planet using a virtual reality suit called the body. And the day that I, I'll close with this, the day that I was recognizing, that, and that was my science of epigenetics, which was the environment controlling the genes. I also recognized no two people are the same. Biologically, we knew that because I can't transfer my organs into you. Your immune system will say not self. You put your cells in somebody else's body, their immune system says not self. The point is very clear. Obviously, there's a self <laughs> because the, the cells are not interchangeable. They have a serial number on them. And the serial number in this particular case is a set of self receptors. And when I started to put together, I said, oh, my God we are downloading an environmental signal through these receptors that makes us different. And my cells respond to a certain vibrational frequency because those are the protein antennas of self on myself. You have a completely different set of protein antennas. You're getting a whole different broadcast. And the moment I realized, I said, wait, 
I am a broadcast playing through this body. And so then why are we here? To create and to experience. And if they're great experiences, continue doing that. And if they're sucky experiences, well, then don't do that anymore. <laughs> simple that's that. simple. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> so, so, yeah. So change your vibration, change your life. Exactly. Recognize you are the vibration. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Well, you're incredible. And how do people find you? Your, your website's amazing, by the way. Oh, we got a new one. It's beautiful. BruceLipton.com. And it's got a community page which is the best thing because so many people started to connect with each other over the same, Oh, I had this problem. How did you deal with it? Or this person had this disease. What did they, now there's a dialogue. And that, uh, that was the intention of uh, part of the editing of this new website was to provide a, uh, a you know, a, a place for people to carry on the dialogue and then Amazing. give each other ideas and information on how to make a better world. Yeah. Wow. Well, this was the this was the highlight of my week, even though it's Monday. I'm just <laughs> going to say that you elevated my thoughts today. So I just want to say thank you for all your work and, and your consistent work. I mean, you've been saying this message for decades now. And we it's still right. You. It's still right. I love it. <laughs> well, we need you more than ever now. The world needs you. So thank you for keeping up the, the pace that you're at. Thank you so much. And I want to thank our audience because those are the other cells that when they get this and we come together in a new body, a new form of humanity, the future is as bright as anything you could ever imagine. Thank you. Hey, Resetters, I just want to start off by saying thank you so much for all your wonderful reviews and those of you that have left me comments on iTunes. I just greatly appreciate your thoughtfulness and how much you guys are enjoying these episodes. And it it seems like you're enjoying them as much as I am enjoying doing them. One of the things that I've learned in just interacting with so many people is that we've really lost the art of deep conversation. And for me, the Resetter Podcast stands for having meaningful conversations with people who are thinking about health, about life, about mindset in a way that we may not be getting on social media or in mainstream media. And so I just want to say, give you guys a shout out and just say thank you for participating in this process with me. Because as much as I absolutely love delivering the information to you, I love even more knowing that it's impacting your life. So please let us know if there's anything we can do to make this podcast more customized to you, to make it better. We are now officially in season two, and we are working to bring you the best conversations that health influencers have, that mindset changers can give, and to really deliver you something that you're not able to get anywhere else. So from the bottom of my heart, as I always say in my YouTube, from the bottom of my heart, I am deeply appreciative of you. I am deeply grateful to be on this journey with you and let's get healthy together.